This is an RNZ podcast. On Morning Report, just before 7am last Tuesday, RNZ's business editor Giles Beckford wrapped up his early business update like this. Locally, all eyes and ears, uh, analysts and economists anyway, on the speech to be given by the chief economist of the Reserve Bank, Paul Conway. It's on the broader issue of post-COVID effects on monetary policy, but there has been a promise that there will be some brief comments on recent data. Remember that uh, GDP and inflation numbers both undershooting the RBNZ's expectations. But it was more than just a few analysts and economists eagerly awaiting Mr Conway's address. Several media outlets actually live-streamed it. Pretty unusual for mainstream media to get excited about an economist on a webinar. Well, Giles explained it like this before the bird call. People waiting to hear if there's any signal of a change of mood from the unexpectedly hawkish tone of the RBNZ, which was on view in November. That might, of course, point to an earlier-than-expected start for cutting rates. Back at half past eight. But when Giles went back for the later update after 8.30 on Tuesday, he didn't seem quite so pumped up about that imminent Reserve Bank speech. What water's gone under the bridge? Because we've got this weird situation, right, where there's months in between decisions on the official cash rate. Well, let's not go there. Uh, Why not? Other than to say uh, whoever thought that one up probably needs to uh, rethink it. Now, three months between uh, meetings of the Reserve Bank is really quite uh, impracticable, to say the least. In fact, it's uh, downright stupid. Well, as Giles mentioned earlier, the latest inflation rate data came out just the previous week, eagerly awaited at the time by News Talk ZB stand-in host Tim Dower. Economists, fairly confident it seems, will come in below 5% at last, 4.6, maybe 4.7 for the annual rate. We'll get that number to you the moment it's out on ZB. Last year, bad economic news about stubbornly high inflation and rising food price stats seemed to be topping the bulletins whenever it came out. Monthly reports from New Zealand's largest credit database, Centrix, about debt and mortgage repayments increasingly in arrears, also yielded panicky stories about a possible surge in mortgagee sales. But last week's data showed inflation had dipped below 5% for the first time in ages, thanks to the smallest annual rise in the Consumer Price Index for over two years. Now that did get some coverage, such as this on TVNZ's One News last week, The cost of living is easing, with figures out today showing the lowest annual inflation rise in two years. And RNZ's Checkpoint led with the news like this. It's official, inflation is deflating. On Friday, the editorial in The Herald said the pieces are falling into place for a much improved economy in 2024, just not quite yet. Hang in there, it's always darkest before the dawn, The Herald said. But all this easing doesn't seem to have made quite as much of an impact in the media as rising prices and inflation did on coverage of the cost of living last year. And just last Thursday, One News was telling its viewers this. More New Zealanders are getting behind on payments. In December, more than 400,000 people fell behind on credit payments and the number of mortgage accounts past due exceeded 20,000. Both telco and mortgage arrears now back to pre-pandemic levels. Well, that sounds bad. But this was also based on the latest monthly report from that outfit, Centrix. And the number was about the same as it was in June last year, when Nicola Willis warned that a mortgage bomb could blow up the economy. And the figure the month after was actually 20,000 fewer. And in that One News report this week, the main man from Centrix said that actually 
The season was the reason for the latest relatively modest monthly uptick. From a consumer perspective, um, the start of the year is always quite difficult because people tend to spend money and incur credit prior to Christmas and it then comes back to bite them in the early in the new year. Within the last month, surveys have recorded rises in business confidence and food price inflation fell for the fourth consecutive month and supermarket supplier cost growth also hit the lowest point for 18 months. But all this easing didn't make as much of an impact in our media as rising inflation and prices did on the coverage of the cost of living crisis last year. Now last year there was of course an election in which the cost of living was a huge political football. But does that alone explain why more recent good economic news isn't as big in our news right now? I asked NZME multimedia business journalist Madison Reedy, the host of Markets with Madison, hosted on the New Zealand Herald website. You must not be reading the Herald enough, mate, (laughs) because last week when that CPI story came out, we did, from my count, at least five stories that went online, including a podcast, a preview ahead of the data, reporting on the day, analysis, uh, market reaction at the end of the day, and then also following up with Conway's speech this week. And shout out to my colleague in Wellington, Janae Tibshraney, who does incredible coverage of, I think, all of those stories were hers. So we're definitely still treating inflation as one of the largest issues that our economy is battling with. That's not going to go away this year. But I'd also add that just because a headline doesn't necessarily have inflation or food prices or, you know, that term cost of living crisis in it, that doesn't mean that it's not actually part of our wider inflation coverage. So we also have all of our reporting on mortgage rates, term deposit rates, banking competition, the supermarket duopoly, massive stories. All of that plays into that sort of inflation fight coverage, right? But I do think maybe people are getting tired of the word inflation. It's becoming that word. I mean, I think even we're getting a little bit sick of it. So you may just see it less. Mm -hmm. But I did talk to, say, another business and finance journalist who I won't name, uh, saying, oh, look, last year I was seeing political correspondents, even political editors turning up at unveiling of economic data and press conference and stuff. Don't see that now. And interesting comment from when last week, when those inflation figures came out, Kim Mundy, ASB senior economist, I do wonder if New Zealanders will talk about inflation cooling off as much as they did on its way up. Uh, Even if a dinner table chat inevitably returns to house prices, you can be assured economists will be watching the drop just as closely. But The news editors and bulletins and so on, do they respond more to their sense of what what people will be moved by rather than what's economically significant? My take on the response I think that that was was because we were in the middle of an election cycle. And I was saying all of last year that it was an economic election with the cost of living at its core. And elections always just create uh, news hype cycles. Um, So, yeah, you're saying in an election cycle... You know, news media will respond to the political energy that goes into, you know, bad or worrying economic news. Well, we have to, right? I mean, we can only report on what the politicians are saying to us and then sort of back it up with the economic data or not to sort of hold those policies to account. So if that was everything that politicians were doing last year, very similar to the state of the economy, we don't get to pick it. We just have to report on what it is. Sure. So, But in general, if I just kind of cut to the chase, in general, mm-hmm. is there something about bad or worrying economic news make for a better, more clickable, more engaging story than, you know, news about incremental easing and improvements, such as, you know, the, the figures on business confidence, CPI and inflation that we've had in the last uh, week or 10 days? Any news is largely ranked, whether it's business, economic or, or political and otherwise, it's determined by size of relevancy to an audience. So, for example, a natural disaster where, you know, the safety of thousands of people and homes are at stake, 
huge news. Something like maybe Elon Musk's uh, compensation package at the moment is, you know, not such large news unless you're sort of my my niche investor audience. But in in the case of inflation, it affects everyone, whether you know it and whether you like it or not. And it also makes it difficult for businesses to survive. So the impact is enormous. So, yeah, it getting worse is certainly a bigger I wouldn't say better, but bigger story in a new sense. When something's increasing or easing, easing isn't actually necessarily a better or more positive news story. In the case of inflation, that 4.7% print that we had last week, that is inflation still going up. So until inflation gets down between that target range for the RBNZ of sort of 2 to 3%, then we might come out with a celebratory title saying we've won the war on inflation. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we did that. So uh, we'll certainly celebrate it with you. There's a lag in those figures too, right? So inflation figures coming in last week showing under 5%. That actually relates to things that have been filtering through in the previous weeks and months, right? So the stats coming in is just a confirmation of of stuff that's sort of in the past. Does that also explain why it doesn't feel like it's as newsworthy? Yes, and if I could launch any campaign today, Colin, it would be for, this, for Stats New Zealand to pretty please come out with more more frequent inflation data. I'm sure they'd love to. If you look at, you know, people in the US, they get inflation data monthly. We only get ours quarterly. And by the time it comes out, it's pretty much well gone. So it's not always relevant to how the economy is actually going at the time. We always try to make sure to put that disclaimer in, but it's also the only data we have to go off. So this is where it's interesting about your point about uh, how much attention we pay to the likes of Paul Conway and Adrian Orr and, and the things that they say in the likes of webinars, because often the data is so far behind that we actually need their more up-to-date measure and take on the economy to give us a read on what they're going to do. And just to finish, uh, you did say, look, if, if I really pay attention, I will see this stuff, particularly in the Herald by you and your colleagues. But I did read Friday's Herald editorial, which made a point of telling readers the pieces are falling into place for a much improved economy in 2024. Just not quite yet. Hang in there. It's always darkest before the dawn. So we might see in the Herald and elsewhere that that message is being put forward by editors and that will be reflected in the news we get. Most certainly. If the Reserve Bank's actions do what they are supposed to, which is bring inflation back down within its target range, which allows them to ease off that rate accelerator and take some pressure off borrowers, we will write that story. That's NZME multimedia business journalist Madison Reedy, the host of Markets with Madison, which you'll find on the website of the New Zealand Herald.